I am Iron Man. My name is King T'Challa, son of King T'Chaka. I am the sovereign ruler of the nation of Wakanda. I am full of son of a- I am fruit! I am Steve Rogers. I am inevitable. you just did because we both know you love to talk talky talky you know everybody also knows that Saka is burdened with glorious purpose Loki man Loki I can't I can't I can't believe how good it is it's Marvel so you know 99% mm -hmm. chance I was going to like yeah. it and I am 99% sure I'm in love with Elizabeth Olsen so like it was a it's a win-win for me then the show decides to be fucking good. It made me all warm and fuzzy inside. It was mm. nice and absolutely a big surprise for me to see Don Chido. I loved it. Yep, yep. I was hyped as fuck. Do you think you'd be attracted to your variant? 100% yes. We'd have a lot of fun. Now that you asked that question, dear, yes, I would be attracted to a variant of myself. I damn near am attracted to myself right now. I am Loki of Asgard. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. Welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Bankole Mokwede. And, of course, welcome to the TVA. Welcome to the Void. And welcome to the Citadel. I'm your host, Bankole Mokwede. And today we're talking about the incredible first season of Marvel's Loki. We're talking about He Who Remains. We're talking about Kang, of course. We're talking about great actors doing great acting. We are, for some reason, recasting the Marvel Universe in 50 Cent's Power Universe. And honestly, just so much more that I hope you enjoy. And joining me today to discuss it all, they've been dubbed many names by many people. Rulers, conquerors, those who remain. But honestly, I just call them jerks. It's the returning Jeremiah Puto, Imano Piozagigi, and producer turned selfish star. Ebukanamani, how are you guys doing today? Called us a madman. They called they called us madmen. <laughs> they called us madmen. I wasn't on any of the last couple of episodes, but I would have been called a madman too. Just <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first? Who wants to say it? I know you somebody wants to say it. Who wants to say it? Say it. <laughs> we fucking told you. <laughs> okay, to be fair, yeah. To, to be to be fair, yeah. Um in a way, like both of us were right. If we're, if we're being yeah, but right. you know what? Although, although certain man told me how Jonathan Majors be showing up on Disney Plus, certain man said that. For anyone who doesn't know, these guys are very excited about the reveal of Jonathan Majors in the the season one finale of Loki. There's lots to dissect all there. We're gonna talk about. But before that, you know what? Let's talk about what we're gonna spend the least amount of time with, which is well, I want to give you some time, which is Mobius. 
we're going to get Owen Wilson in second season of Loki. That is, to me, that's like, I can't believe that. I'm so happy for that. Am I the only, I know Ibuka was on Mobius Island, but like, am I the only person else that was like, very pro <laughs> Mobius for this show? Sure. What, what is Mobius Island? Like, we just, we just sit down there and we just have various pictures of Owen Wilson. So like, Owen Wilson from like, Zoolander, <laughs> from Cars. And then we, obviously we have jet skis, obviously. Love to see it. So it's more on Owen Wilson Island than a Mobius Island. Yeah, but it doesn't sound as nice if it's Owen Wilson Island. I'm very, I didn't expect, I mean, I thought Mobius was going to die in this season. I didn't expect us to have Owen Wilson in the second season. That obviously seems like it's going to, because there are still threads there. You have the Ravona thread that still has to be pulled. You mm-hmm. have the thread, the fact that he's basically doesn't know who Loki is right now. So like that's, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm just like, I'm excited that these guys are coming back. Like we're going to get these guys back. We're going to get Wumi Mosaku, who I think is a really great actress back. We're going to get, Gugu and Bathar roll back. It's like, yeah, I'm just very excited that that's the thing that's happening. The one was in the second season of a TV, of a Disney streaming show. So like, yeah. Um, with Mobius and Owen Wilson, like it's great. Like the fact that he was cast in this and mm-hmm. like, this is where he's appearing and it's not like, okay, he's appearing here and then going off to movies or whatever. It's, just, it's, it's, uh, it's a Marvel flex, isn't it? You know, this show works so well i think it's because of him i think i think it's the lamentous episode where he isn't on and you can feel it mm-hmm. like you just you, you can feel it fair enough i know people are pretty harsh on that episode because oh well i love that episode happened. no i'm saying a lot of people is like quote unquote nothing happened but i think I, I think it was still a good episode and but i still feel like you miss you miss owen wilson like in it mm-hmm. yeah. i think it's just there's just that kind of um there's just some intangibles every actor brings. Mm-hmm. I think like he brings just that kind of relatable nature that just kind of makes it easy. Like you just want to root for him. You just you, this is someone you want to listen to. This is someone you want to go on the journey with, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. those are, those kind of are invaluable characteristics when you're kind of, especially in a six episode show where you don't really have that much real estate to like build and craft stuff. So you need that as much as possible. So I think. You know, the top parts for him. And I think it's good also he's getting to play. It's not like a very, you know, straightforward role. He's getting to play with players to some extent, you know. So, yeah, no, I'm pretty happy what he did with Mobius. Wumi Masako as well. Um, what's her name? Hunter B15. She, she, she was like a revelation for me on the show. It was just like, I never thought that character would mean much. But, you know, by the end, you know, that was someone I rooted for. And um, this is the first thing I've seen her in, um, Wumi, I mean. Um, you didn't watch Lovecraft? No. <laughs> nah, Leave didn't. Lovecraft. You should watch His House. His House? Yeah. On Netflix. But, uh, but yeah, this was the first thing I kind of like saw her on. Um, so yeah, so, you know, I just really liked her performance. She's also in one of my best episodes of um, Black Mirror, Playtest. Anyway, but speaking about Mobius, like, you're right, because like, I thought Owen Wilson was going to play... Um, like, for example, Coulson in the MCU. I didn't know he was going to play Coulson in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I thought he was going to play a very straight, like, by the books, by the numbers agent. And then he obviously plays this character who has so many layers, which what Coulson becomes Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's just my... I couldn't go this whole period without giving a plug for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. When I was listening to the episode you and Abukab did, um, there was something you guys mentioned that I... Like, I, I don't disagree, but I wanted to add it's just not the thing about performance when you're like, it was a perfect, like he embodied the character. I'm just thinking like, do you guys think Woody Harrelson would have done the same job as Owen Wilson for Mobius? Cap. 
big cap. Well, the Arison looks too creepy to trust. Oh my god, don't kill me. I, I was only thinking about it from like the back and forth banter with Loki. But when you mentioned the thing about Ramona, I was like, hmm, maybe that opinion has to change. Well, here's, really the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. They are actors, it's their job. I don't know. No, I, no, I, I've never, like, it's very possible. Just I'm talking about those intangibles, isn't it? Like, I don't know, there's just something creepy about Woody Harrison, man. Like, it would just, there would just be something in my head, like. I mean, Woody might have brought different intangibles. Yeah. I think I think he could I think he could have done it. Like yeah, more gravitas and stuff. But I think like the the like emotional bits would be a bit different. It would be more like okay, this toxic masculinity guy is cracking. What What do you think Woody Harrelson is? You have typecast Woody Harrelson. Emmanuel is the king of judging a book by his cover. <laughs> My problem is I don't even know what cover he's using to judge him. Like where where did you get that from? <laughs> zombie land, only zombie land. That's the vibe. <laughs> And now you see me. Obviously. The best I can think is that maybe you're using his his five seconds in the Carnage trailer to use to, to like what else are you using? Because oh. oh yeah, oh my. Even God. now, even now you see me. Like he has that kind of yeah yeah. Know, but Woody Harrison but... made his he became popular by being like the guy that everybody loved on Chairs. That's how he made yeah. his name. So nah, I think I think Woody Harrison could do it. Yeah, I mean he could definitely do it. I think so too. Anybody can play any role, but not everyone can play to the same capacity of what you need for your story. Like, we could quite easily have cast Nicolas Cage as classic Loki. Uh, I mean, that would be incredible. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, First exactly. of all, that would, have, that, that would have been incredible. Like, <laughs> speaking, like speaking like a man that has never bought those 16-pack Nicolas Cage films for 200 Um, About what you said earlier about Lamentis, the episode. It's my podcast. If you don't like Lamentis because you think nothing happened, quote-unquote, learn how to watch TV, man. I, like, I'm just, I'm just like... Just learn how to watch TV. That, that, that's all I'm oh, going to say. Banky said you guys should go back to school. Yeah, you see the elitism. Fam. <laughs> when you said that, I kind of realized that I've, I've low-key been very removed from reviews and criticism of the show. Because I actually didn't know people didn't like Lamentus simply because I wasn't actually paying attention to how too many people, other than my two. Well, it's not official reviews that didn't like Lamentus. It, it would have been people on Twitter. Because again, not to sound elitist, but like still, I didn't see it on my TV that much. People that review TV for for a job liked the Lamentis episode because that's what makes good TV. So anyway, yeah, that's definitely elitist. Okay, Banky, it's your podcast, isn't it? So so help us teach teach us no teach us how to <laughs> watch TV. People who didn't like Lamentis. What what is great about Lamentis, Banky? They are not like when you say nothing is happening. Things don't have to explode for things to happen. We the only reason we can feel any sort of way and we can have discussions like you and I had on podcast about whether you'd be attracted to your variants because we spent forty minutes with those two characters, seeing them bond, hearing their problems, hearing their desires, their wants. Like the only reason the final fight, quote unquote, in episode six means anything to anybody is because of that lamentous episode. Like. That episode was boring or nothing happened because no one died or there was no explosion. Then I don't know. Go watch a Michael Bay film. Yeah, you know what's funny? Maggie <laughs> was like, Oh, we said nothing happened because nothing exploded. The whole world exploded in that episode, didn't it? <laughs> I don't know. So I don't know what their what their reasoning is. Like you know, maybe because the explosion was at the very end. But I was gonna say the exact same thing you said about the final fight. Like the whole thing of Loki and Sylvie having two completely different standpoints right in front of he who remains. 
is it, it just would not click without Lamentus. Like there would be you wouldn't mm-hmm. understand that conflict there. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I mean, obviously, again, the kiss would not mean anything if we didn't have the. But you know what? If that's how you want to watch TV, then that's fine. I think hundred percent everyone can like whatever they like. But I hate it when people. And I think I've, I told you guys. I hate it when people like. Like for me, but whenever I want to say anything about anything, I always try to say in my opinion because it's my opinion, right? But then you're like, well, that was just a bad show. But they now make it seem like it's it's the gospel. And obviously that's what social media gets you. Like you, you get to tweet something and say, like, or like for example, how people were like, Ibuka, you and I discussed this. When someone was like, Oh, um, what was it? I think they were like, Oh, Wonder Vision is just a bad show. And I was like, It might might be a show that is not for you, but it's not a bad show. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like that's just so a lot of things I would just like that's, that's not for me. I, unless it's like a truly terrible show, I wouldn't really call it a bad show because somebody is enjoying it out there. It works for somebody. But that's me off my soap soapbox. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna dissect the rest of this episode and this season of TV. We'll be right back. And he wants to offer you a deal. He's been making a few creative adjustments. And he's worked it out so we can reinsert both of y'all back into the timeline in a way that won't disrupt things. Won't disrupt things? Mm-hmm. The TVA can keep doing its vital work, and y'all can live the lives you've always wanted. And what have we always wanted? Now, don't play coy with me, mister. And we're back. Okay, let's, let's talk about it. I told you guys, man. I told you guys not to trust Miss Minutes. I, I told you guys I was I was right all along. I told you guys <laughs> not to trust Miss Minutes. She knew she knew way way, way too much. Um propound out my hot takes. Don't trust anyone that sells y'all. Don't trust anyone that says y'all. <laughs> so who's on that list? Everyone from the state of Texas. Everyone in the south of America, to be honest. Fair enough. Holly <laughs> Quinn, all of them. Yeah, don't, don't trust people that talk like that, man. Wow. There is something going on. That's, that's, that's very... I don't know if that's xenophobic or elitist. Or, I actually don't... I don't even know what to put that under, but it's something, shall we? will figure it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. So let's, let's talk about... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the big bad in the room. Let's talk about the big man in the room. Um, Jonathan Majors appeared. I'll, I'll just go... I'll go around the table. What were you guys' reactions when that door opened and we saw Jonathan Majors? I was actually watching it on the couch and then like the thing opened and I think I just saw the purple and green. I was like, yes. So I, I swear to you, I actually stood up and I grabbed the dining table chair and I came like right up to the TV. I was like, yes, this is, this is classic viewing from now on. I remember my bottle of iced tea. I was like, yes, this is it. I was about to sit. In fact, I can say it. But it was like, I knew I was supposed to come back to work like 10, 15 minutes, but I knew it wasn't happening again. It was me and, it was me and the show. <laughs> but... Jerry, what was, your, what was your reaction? Um, I loved the, the moment, obviously. I kind of, okay, this is, I don't have beef with Emmanuel because of this, obviously. But like, right, literally, I avoided spoilers the entire time. And literally, right when I'm about to start the episode, I just saw Emmanuel tweet. They called me a madman, and I knew exactly what that uh, was. Emmanuel, see what you're doing. Like, Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Eh? Please, Emmanuel. Let, let's be real. Is it only Loki that used to call me a madman? <laughs> you put you put Loki's hashtag in the Twitter. You put Loki hashtag. Wow, Emmanuel. Why are you doing this? You're being one of them. Uh, Emmanuel, why are, your, 
while you're on air, apologize to Jerry. Apolog- apologize to Jerry. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. I think in the moment, I loved it. I think the timing was perfect. Like maybe he's already dead and then the door just opens and then you just see him there come out all like with his whole charisma. I loved every single second of Jonathan Majors Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. He Who Remains. Right from the door opening to that, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. I won, man. I won. Like literally when I saw it, yeah, I just started laughing. Like I laughed for like, I paused there and started laughing for like 15 seconds straight. I was like, yo. It happened. One, because it was him, he who remains. And two, because literally what I was talking about in the last episode, they gave him a comic accurate cape. and Like he was very loose and easy, not in a Kevlar suit. So yeah, I was, I was very happy. I was like, yes. You know, you know, that was my favorite part of you guys' last conversation. It's like not everyone wears Kevlar. I know, I know it, it, it's a trope, but like not everyone wears Kevlar. That's true. But, you know, like what Jerry said, like that performance, like just the zany energy and everything. And when you get into it more. Yeah, don't worry. We'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Jonathan Majors. We we talk about black black men on this on this podcast. We'll talk about Jonathan Majors. That, 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 that time will come. I do have a question. Because um, all of you are saying when the door opened, you were like, I was right. But wouldn't that I was right moment have come when Miss Minute said he who remains? Wasn't that technically the review? Nah, <laughs> nah. After Rob Buna. <laughs> <laughs> no, so here's, the, here's the thing. There is there is a Marvel character called He Who Remains. Yeah, fair. And right. he yeah. is he's not Kang. He's the person that obviously created the TVAs. That's True. a whole story that I don't even want to even know much about. But so there is a, an entirely different character called He Who Remains. And like Emmanuel kind of alluded to it earlier, like we were all a bit right and a bit wrong in the sense that, um, well, actually, matter why don't you say what you want to say and then I'll, I'll add to it. So, so I said, I said we're right and kind of wrong. So obviously we're saying, yeah, we're going to meet Kang and stuff. I think who we actually met was Immortus. Um, Immortus is like a variant of Kang, which again, we find out. And that costume he was wearing, the purple, the green, you pull up a Google image of Immortus Marvel, you see like that's pretty much the outfit, at least modernized. Um, so basically, you know, it it wasn't Kang, it kind of was, but it also kind of mm-hmm. wasn't. Immediately I saw that and I got the vibe like, okay, this is Immortus. I was like, okay, give Michael Waldron all the flowers because he's done this in a very satisfying way and it's not so we still get to kind of meet Jonathan Majors kind of in the character and stuff, but this isn't the Kang that is going to, you know, face the Avengers or what have you. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of gives a lot of room for like um, experimentation and like a strong kind of creative voice. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing like, oh, okay, whatever mannerism he does here is what you have to carry on into the next movie. No. So I think it was just a very, very creative thing from sort of the writing to the adaptation of the comic books to to production, to the performance. So I think, you know, it just kind of full marks all around because, yeah, like I said, we're both right, yeah. but we're also kind of wrong kind of thing. I mean, we don't even know if it's Immortals. It might not be. We might get Immortals in. Guy, let me win, man. Let me win. Let me win. My point is that, my point is that, <laughs> my point is that this character, right, obviously, the thing is, we all know Jonathan Majors has been cast as Kang, right? So that's, so we're good. 
But if, for example, let's assume in a world where we didn't know where that wasn't announced, like maybe this was a complete surprise, we could finish up something like, who is this guy? People will be Googling, who is this guy? Because right? he doesn't mention, he never mentions a name. The only thing he's literally referred to is he who remains, who is a completely different character. So I think, yeah, obviously, we all, we did see Kang. And I didn't think we we're going to see Kang in, and I think, I, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I said it to you guys, like, I didn't think they would introduce a villain in the sixth episode of the show, in the finale, right? And for, for several reasons, one of which is like, how do I put this? Them killing Thanos in Endgame means so much because we've seen Thanos' point of view in Infinity War, right? So if you introduce a villain in the final episode and they kill him, you're like, okay, what's that about? But what they do here is like, I mean, this is why Michael Waldron is, is writing for Marvel and I'm here doing a podcast about him writing for Marvel because like, it's so perfect because the show doesn't change. The show doesn't become, oh, let's kill the villain now in the final episode. The show is still about Loki's. The show is still just about them talking. They literally talk for the entire episode and then they have a fight for like three minutes. Right, so the show still becomes two Loki's talking. You want the throne? No, that's not it, no. I don't believe you. Silver, the universe is in the balance. Everything we know to be true. Everything. I know the TVA has hurt us both, but what if by taking him out, we risk unleashing something even worse? All I'm suggesting is we just take a minute to think about it. I promise you from my heart, this isn't about a throne. What was I thinking trusting you? Has this whole thing been a con? Really? That's what you think of me? After all this time? Sure, why not? Evil Loki's master plan comes together. Oh, you never trusted me, did you? What was the point? Can't you see? This is bigger than our experience. Why aren't we seeing this the same way? Because you can't trust. And I can't be trusted. My problem, my fear, which is why I wanted another Loki as the villain, because my fear was that having someone like Kang come in distracted too much from the thesis of the show and the essence of the show. But what they do is that he's basically an afterthought in this scene. He's big because um, he's Kang. But this, this, it's still just about Loki and Sylvie's point of views and them debating what is the right thing to do. But Ebuka, what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say? No, I was just, I was agreeing with you because I was thinking yeah, that Marvel are untouchable because any other show and you introduce a villain in the last episode. I know I'm not even gonna say introduce a villain yet. Let me put it like this. Yeah. If not for the fact that we knew Jonathan Majors had been cast as Kang, they just mm-hmm. X marking out a guy who's behind everything and has some fantastic story for why he's behind everything. And if not that Marvel is so big that everyone knows who Jonathan Majors is, they know who mm-hmm. they have the hype for Kang and people have theorized about it being Kang. That is why the reveal hits because apart Mm -hmm. from the fact that okay you said that okay the show remained the loki story if it then became oh this is the bad guy behind everything and he's now like imagine the episode was kang being powerful and them fighting to kill him then it would Mm -hmm, be exactly a very big fail because who the hell is this guy why is he here perfect which which is why i thought like again that's why i'm not writing the show but that's what i thought (laughs) 
introducing Kang would mean. Like, you have yeah. to come and now fight this person and defeat him. He literally... is so funny because what you said, they literally said, okay, this is Kang, the big bad. Okay, th- that's not Kang. This is he who remains the big bad. Mm-hmm. He then leads the two Lokis, talks to them, then leaves them some extra minutes for t- them to talk amongst themselves. And then, w- like, what, what... The final event is so tiny that it's not even the main focus of the show. Mm-hmm. Or the... Yeah episode i can't I, I really can't disagree with you guys like i don't think this is a big bad just coming out of this thing i feel like even if we didn't know who jonathan majors was we didn't know about kang whatever let's say we went into this show we didn't know any of that fair enough yeah comic book knowledge or what have you but like i think the show did a very great job in seeding all of this all true in, in my opinion Yes, but they're seeding it for people who know what to expect. Look, my friend's girlfriend is here. I can ask after she watches the episode, do you know, do you know who Kang was? Like, those well, things, like seeing Q-E-N-G, the tower, doesn't mean anything to anybody who doesn't know Kang. For, but but if, you if you don't know the comics, you don't know what that so, means. So, so that, that's an Easter egg, right? But I'm saying mm-hmm. the way the show was written and put out, like, it's not like you're just magicking someone. You, you are introduced the concept of this character without him being on screen. Like, it's not like all of a sudden it's today we're finding out that, you know, there's someone behind the Time Masters, there's this, there's that, there's that. That's when you're just... No. Until episode four, we thought there were three Time Masters and then they revealed mm-hmm. that all of that is fake. And then Sylvia and Loki mm-hmm. are like, okay, we need to find... But then, you know, you know, you know someone is behind it. Yes. What is episode four, the middle of the show? Okay. Like, it's not something that just came out of nowhere. But let's say someone you know? is behind it, yeah? And we say, okay, mm-hmm. we're going on a... For the fact that they brought this guy, yeah, who has no... Like, he, d- if they were going to do it that way, yeah, without... Ugh, how do I put this? Okay, let's say they told us someone was behind it, yeah? It would mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. a more satisfactory ending if that person behind it was Judge Renslayer. Because, yeah, Kang the Conqueror is so far removed from everything that's happened to Loki and Sylvie that if they're not mm-hmm. involved in the final conflict, okay, one wants to kill him, one wants to wait, then it becomes weak. Because, see, when Sylvie's crying about how they destroyed her life and he's just like, get over it, he's mm-hmm. far removed from everything they've gone through. Yeah. That if he was just mm-hmm. a random, not, not a random, but if he was just the guy who's behind everything without a backstory, without a future, then it would have been a weak end. Yeah, no, but that's like the thing, like everybody has a backstory and everything, but this is you're watching the story from a point of, from a from point of view of like Loki and stuff. So what they don't know, you don't know. So like it doesn't mean like how do I put it? Like forget John what I'm trying to say is like forget Jonathan Majors, forget Kang, what have you, but that idea that kind of led to that reveal was not like it's not something that's like ex machina that kind of out of thin air like it is it's been set up there is there's like precedence for it and like how do i put it there's been like clues to follow it's not just like they just magic someone out and so that's that to be honest yeah that's even why i actually believe that now nah, this is when we'll see kind the ralph boner one was probably a hair where we didn't see anything except them on peter's face and i was like ah da 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 but this one, I felt like the story had dropped enough in there that you could actually say, okay, this this is possibly what's going on. Like even even at the worst, right? If 
yeah, we entered there and it was Miss Minutes and there was someone, basically, it would still work because there's that seed. Get? Like, mm. it's not just like, oh, they just magic it. Like, this is not the first time we're hearing the concept of said Big Bad or what have you. The concept and everything is there. All we've been looking for to me and the way the story was up to this point was that we just needed a face to match to what we, we had been piecing together, which is like a puzzle. And it's like, okay, this now is the final bit of information to put it all together. It's not like we just got the whole puzzle set today and then it all fit into place. Yeah, because I think um, I understand the whole thing with you know Rensselaer and stuff, which I guess is is I think it's an obsession with like tidy storytelling kind of thing of like oh okay everything has to loop back together, but no like you can bring an external thing if it's well seeded. So that that's that's the way I see it. Jerry, what do you want? Jerry's to... about to jump through his screen. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, no. Wait, wait, before you go on, before you go on, whose side are you on, Ibuka and I or Emmanuel? So we, so we know. More on you guys. More, more with you guys. Okay, so so we've won, Democrats. Let's uh, continue. Just, I was agreeing more with them, but then what what you're saying about there being enough of the enough evidence to know that there was someone behind the TVA? Of course, I agree with that, but that was never the contention about mm-hmm. whether or not Kang was going to be the reveal. We did know that there was someone behind the TVA. There was enough information about that. But if you want to say that there was, and it, it's clear that you're not saying that there was enough information that Kang was behind it. And that's where we're saying there's a bit of, that there would have been an issue because you did need to understand those Easter eggs so, to know that Kang was behind so it. So I'm, 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 let me come back and rephrase, right? Wait, like, Ima, before you go on here, can I just say something? Yeah. I think yeah, the crux of this disconnect is the fact that personally, I don't think there is a, quote-unquote villain to this story the story isn't about a hero yes. versus a villain yeah fair but my my thing is like i don't i don't i don't support this thing of like you know like oh the way people were calling for it was like oh we just wanted someone to just kind of be magic out of it. i think it had been well seeded that you know that reveal was going to happen i think a lot of people were against it like okay why can't you just introduce him in the last episode kind of thing and it's like, and to me, that doesn't tally because it's like he's been long introduced before we actually meet him effectively. Okay, just I'm just gonna segue off that to come back to what I was gonna agree with um Banky and Ibuka were on. Because I where I disagree with you is just the point of the actual reveal. I do agree that it was obvious there would be a reveal. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was enough information of who that reveal would be, and that's fine. It's perfect that it's that way actually. Yeah. Um because for, for me, I, I don't I'm not completely familiar with Kang's like comics book um lore. So mm-hmm. I missed a lot of the Easter eggs. Same. Yeah. There was absolutely no way that would not have come out of the blue for me if I didn't yeah. have some idea of Kang. But the, the the thing I'm coming on with is more before the reveal, because I, I, we had a discussion about this um, outside the podcast, and I said I kind of like the idea of a Loki variant being behind it, because like Banky, I too was expecting some sort of conflict between Loki and Sylvie and the Loki variant that they would have to face, like the final boss. Like it makes sense that a Loki would have found the ultimate power in the universe. Mm-hmm. And Loki, after everything he's done with this whole redemption, arc has to sort of face himself i liked that idea if that was the path they were going to go with where there would be a final battle with this boss i would have liked the loki variant theory however from this 
whole thing where they've just essentially introduced the concept of Kang or of of this this scientist from the thirty first century. Yeah, not even Kang. Essentially, just, will just some be guy. Kang. Yeah. It might not even be immortal. I agree with Banky on this. This could actually just be one, like the first, okay, our Earth or the MCU's Earth's iteration of Kang. It could be literally any version. And then later on throughout the MCU, we get to meet more threatening versions of this guy. And then we meet the actual big, bad Kang, the Conqueror that the Avengers or whoever will actually face at the end of Phase 4 or Phase 5, wherever it might be. I, I feel like when they went with that part, um, that's when I was okay with the Kang theory. When Banky, when Banky um, pointed out to me that there was already a season two, I was like, oh, okay, well then, in that case, I'm okay with that, it, it not being a, lo- a lucky variant because then if they introduce Kang, we know that they're introducing it to build on later on in the rest of the series. Kind of like, a, not really a mid-season finale, but you know those seasons that end on a, a cliffhanger because season two will carry on from the same story as opposed to starting an entirely new story like, say, Legend of Tomorrow or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I liked that idea. And that's where my difference is. I feel like they did... Obviously, we knew, because common sense, someone was behind the TV. I just didn't think that... Um, I just don't think that it was obvious that that was Kang. And if we didn't know anything about Kang, I do think people would have been like, the fuck? Who's this? Why? Yeah. Okay. And why should we care? Even, I think, Marvel agree with my you know, saying that there was no, that Kang wasn't a villain. Like to me, he was a story device to make mm-hmm. Sylvie learn the lesson that Loki learned in I mean, Ragnarok. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, but I, I did say like, he's basically an afterthought. Like yeah. he, he's framed in the background of all the interactions. Like yes. he's just there in the background. Which is what makes he's it good. not important. Yeah. Yeah. You said, you said, yeah, that's why Mark Waldron is writing for Disney. And it's true. He, the, the fact that he, enables Sylvie to hopefully learn a lesson from this point forward and transform the role of the Loki we know into maybe a good guy, you know, going into the future. Man, we'll, have to, we'll have to get into that because there's a lot there. But uh, uh, Manu, what do, you, what do you have to add? I see you're fighting a losing battle. It's not even a matter of a losing battle. I think you guys are just not getting it. Like, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> like, now I know how you feel about the people that don't appreciate Lamentis. But like... <laughs> <laughs> but like the thing is like I'm not saying like mm, I know nothing about Marvel if you know that it's kind but what I'm saying is that I don't like this thing of like oh people going into episode 6 people are saying oh if Kang showed up it, it's not following the story like it would just you know betray whatever and it, it'll just be like throwing someone in out of thin air what I'm saying is that I don't think so. I think the seeds have been set, and then it's it's like that in every movie. Like there's a mystery. If you know, I, yeah. If okay. you know what is like, if you know, if you know, you know effectively. Like if you know what's going on, like you can fish it out. But when the reveal happens, it, it's again what I always say: you're going for a reveal that is surprising yet obvious. Like it's surprising in the moment of like, oh my day, Cam Johnson agent, but it's obvious because you can tread it back. And it still follows true. There's no disconnect in the story. That's just what I'm trying to get out. I'm not saying like Um, somebody that doesn't know Marvel will be able to say, ah, QENG can. Like, come on. I'm I'm not an imbecile. Before I Jesus, before I leave this point, I want let me ask you a couple of questions actually. So one, obviously with your theory of Kang showing up, did you think that he was going to die? I didn't I didn't think he was going to die. 
I just knew we we're going to get I just knew we we're going to get something, right? So I knew, okay, either we we're going to get a name drop or something, but I knew we we're going to get something to bring him in there. Honestly, surely, I, I didn't think, yeah. Yeah, surely if you I thought that if you thought that Kang was coming, you thought it was going to be Kang the Conqueror that was coming. Do you know what I'm say? Like, and that's what I think that's what someone like me, that's what I didn't want to happen. I didn't want basically a version of, of Thanos to appear in the sixth episode of his show. Fair. What I really expected, right, was like a name drop and, or a really more overt Easter egg. Oh, yeah. I expected I, I a name drop as well. I thought, I expected Loki to be, as in the, the version of Loki that was the villain in this show, to be the herald, the way Loki was for Avengers. Right? To be like, he is the person that is doing this, ah. but there is somebody like, he maybe he's controlling the TV on this this plane, this planet, this 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 timeline. Um, but yeah, Jerry. Before we go on, just what are your final points? The 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 one thing I want to say to, in response to you is just like yes, people were saying they don't expect Kang to just come in in episode six with no explanation, and this is the key now. I think a lot of people were expecting that this this villain reveal, what I mentioned earlier, would lead to some sort of showdown, some fight with the major... Like, if they just... If Kang the Conqueror showed up, or even if just a random variant of Kang showed up, Loki fought him, killed him to save... to free the TVA, it'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? And I think that's the that's the reason why people weren't willing to see... Or people were like, it wouldn't make sense to have Kang here, because you were expecting some sort of climax... Like, some sort of battle with a final villain. Mm-hmm. But the other point you made where you're like, you don't think that there was a disconnect. I do think that there was a disconnect. But in this sense, it's like when you're you're trying to find the link between one end and another, and you know that there are like five stages within that link. And it's like, you do know that those stages exist, but you don't know what goes in, in each of those spots. I think that's where the disconnect is. I think, of course, it, I'm coming back to the same thing again. There was enough to know that someone would be behind this. Maybe there was enough to know that someone like Kang could be behind this, but there was no actual reference. Like when you when you get a big reveal, like in How to Get Away with Murder or whatever, you start to pull some strings back to the beginning of the show and say, okay, so this reference, this reference, this led to this. You can't do that with this show, but it's okay because of the way they played it out. That's the point I'm making. I don't think that there was a full connect like that with the reveal. I'm going to end the conversation there because if, if not, we'll keep on going. I mean, look, if you're listening and you have, sure. you have thoughts, hit us up on Twitter. Um, one thing, though, I'm very happy that this show remained who it was and what it was. Because obviously, I think Ibuka, we were talking about this earlier, about how the common criticism against Marvel of, oh, is the final act. You're going to fight a giant cloud or a giant beam in the sky, right? Vision, which I absolutely loved. I really, really liked Vision. The final episode became Wanda and Agatha throwing balls of light at themselves in the sky, right? Which is kind of different from the show we've seen. But this show, this show was like, nah. Honestly, I was thinking about it, and this show could have probably done without that that final fight with with Loki and Sylvie. Like it's a bit just, just like we have to put something in here so we can say we're a superhero show. Let's just put, let's just put that a little bit inside because this show was just people talking. It was. Mobius and Ravona talking. Sorry, this final episode. Sorry, it was Loki, Sylvie, and he who remains talking. But and uh, I'll talk about the game. We'll talk about um, Jonathan Majors and everything. But like, it was just people talking for an entire episode, and we're like, okay, let's throw a three-minute fight here, and then and then we'll call ourselves a superhero show and, and leave Disney Plus. But anyway, my point is, that I was really happy that they 
maintain who they were. They didn't have to go into some big giant CGI fight that was that was unnecessary. So that was nice. Don't you wonder how I'm able to get out of the way just before you kill me? No, it's because of that little tempad you have there. Right. But how do I already have it loaded up with everything I need to know to keep from being killed by you two? It's easy. I know it all. And I've seen it all. Everything you guys did on Lamentis, I saw. All the stuff the TVA didn't know about, I knew. All the scheming, all the talking. That little look by the lake. Quite sentimental, very touching stuff, by the way. <laughs> no. No, we broke out of your little game. That's how we got here. No, wrong. Every step you took to get here, Lamentis, the void, I paved the road. You, you just walked down it. Let's talk about him. As if we haven't spoken about him already <laughs> for so long. But let's talk about he who remains. He who remains. Um, Personally, so one of the minor reasons why I didn't, like, why I didn't think, not, this is not want, but why I didn't think um, um, Kang could show up in, in the final episode was that I thought, because I don't know much about him, right? I don't know much about comics or cartoons, but I thought he was, like, I thought it was purple, for example, because all the pictures I've seen are, are him purple, right? So I thought it was going to be, like, a lot of CGI. I was like, well, that's going to be too much CGI to put on, like, on a Disney Plus show, right? But this nigga's a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he showed up with an afro a rough afro <laughs> guy like not even like fully prepared or anything i love it and he was wearing sandals actually yeah not like not even like fully like calmed down yeah like, i love it it's, a rough... it's just him <laughs> the statue at the end has the afro i was like oh my god so i generally thought it was going to be like I thought it was going to be like half purple or something, whatever. I did not know. Like a, like a Ronin type person. Yeah, like even, even Thanos. I, I was like, I was like, oh, you're actually just, it's just black skin. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm finished. <laughs> that even plays into like, even the reveal in a way. Because even when we, when we met him, we're like, okay, it's actually him. Just, mm -hmm. it's just this guy. It's this 31st century scientist. And Loki too is like, you're just a man. Like we're expecting some godlike guy behind the scenes controlling. Just a black man, man. He's just a black man. Um, we're, we're here for it. Speaking of, so obviously Jerry and I don't know much about his like comics backstory. I think Ibuka and Imano, you guys know a bit more. But obviously, I mean, because you seen in the last episode about how he's connected to Richards, the Richards, Fantastic Four. So, what is? Can you give a very like thirty second? Like summary of, of, of Gaga, yeah. Like how of, does it connect of, to Doctor Marvel comic? Well, probably the yeah. Okay, let's do brush nerds. So his actual birth name is Nathaniel Richards. Yeah, mm -hmm. he is a descendant of Reed Richards. Okay. Um, I love how Marvel just assumed that the children. There's always a male child in every generation, so somehow you're surname <laughs> <laughs> so for like ten centuries. Yeah. But, like, I guess it's the classic thing of, like, you want to be able to make sure people follow down and, like, who's, who's mm. that. But 
that's pretty much it. And the rest of it is pretty much what we've seen in the episode. So right? about like, Dr. Doom part? I think that was a variant of him. They, oh, okay. He tried to work with Doom, I think. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just one of these things of like... So there's no family relations for Dr. Doom? Just, it's just, I don't think uh, so. I think it's just a smart okay. person link up. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Oh, I read something about him using Dr. Doom's time travel method. Um, learning from Doctor Doom essentially. Oh, okay. He, Nathaniel Richards, officially invents um, time travel. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, there's some versions where, yeah, I think he uses like notes from like, which is very ridiculous. He's using twentieth century notes from Reed and Victor from when they were friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he invents time travel effectively, and he goes around, um, goes around in time. Basically, to him, it's fun. And then he gets to the point where it's like, oh, okay, I could actually rule this. Like, to him, at first, it was just like going on a discussion. Like, oh, I can go and see ancient Egypt. I can go and see that. I can go and see that. But then it's like, okay, I can actually, like, rule this. And then he started to be more methodical about it and all the rest of the thing. And then, obviously, he lives true. And he has, like, different names and aliases at different points. One of which is... Iron Lad. (laughs) Comics are funny. So there's that one. But then one of which um, that's called Victor Timely. Is a very ridiculous name, but Victor Timely is married to I forget her name now. But when we meet the real Ravonna, yeah, there's a diploma at the back. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. That name is Victor Timely's wife, okay, yeah. I'm not gonna go into all that because that, that seems Jesus Christ. So, I have a question, and I haven't seen this anywhere, so I don't know if maybe mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reaching too much or I'm overthinking this, mm. but if. Kang, if Kang is a black man, but does that mean they might want to cast a black man as as Reed Richards? Ooh. So for because, me, because if he's a direct descendant, yeah, then yeah, I've I've heard of that. I've, I've I've seen people campaign for it, but like I think Marvel's doing the right thing. You don't really need the Richards bloodline in Kang's story, to be honest. I think it was yeah, just that's one what I'm of saying, comic yeah. things. I don't know. It, it happened in a lot of TV shows and movies, but it was just like, oh, we want every villain to have a personal kind of relation to who they're fighting you know yeah a lot of secret brothers you know like Luke Cage and all this kind of thing secret brothers secret family members all this kind of thing so I think it was just that era and that was why I can't so what, what we're it's saying more... is that they probably wouldn't do the, the familial connection fair enough okay if anything if anything even if he is I imagine within a millennium of descendants yeah like man can... we're taking over man if you ask the white man we're taking over <laughs> Yeah, but Jonathan Majors is like black, black. Yeah. No, but like, this is, but, but it's, te- it's 10 centuries, Zo. It's 10 centuries. When the, when the planet heats up, only the melanated will survive. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can be a black, like, Sue Storm, and then from there we go. And then everybody after like, was into their ebony bibs, and, you know, we get to Jonathan Majors. <laughs> Imagine during Kang's time, every, everyone's just. Exactly. Black. Imagine that could be it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, this Chumonga. We was kings. <laughs> Yo. Oh, uh, anyway. Um, okay, but yeah, okay, that was that was my kind of like out there take on it because I, I was like, nobody has said this online, so maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm reaching, but like that would be interesting. Without the me, without the TVA, everything burns. And what are you so afraid of?
Me. And just who are you? Um, this is the good variant of Kang. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're talking about Kang, we should talk about the performance. Like, this is not... This is not... No, 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 no. Before we get performance, like, this is not... The evil one. I'll take over the world one. This is the one that I want to stop a war. Yeah. And you see how... Lo- you see how afraid Loki was. And you know you know what's even scarier, yeah? He wants to stop the war, yeah? And he's so callous about human life. Like, he tells Sylvie, who was kidnapped as a five-year-old, to get over it. Grow and, up. And that's because he wants to do good. He wants to, you know prevent a war now imagine someone who's yeah. selfish a kang who's selfish he would be even more callous than thanos he would be that old. i'm like this guy was legitimately frightening and he's the, he's the nice one yeah but that, i think i think that's where we have to shout out the writing again because the way they framed him is that they just left space yes. for so much more villainy like it's like okay we're starting here and I really love how it comes through in the performance. Like, he's excited to see other people. God knows how many millennia he's spent alone. Like, he's just excited. Like, he's bubbling out of... He's just bubbling out of his skin. Like, he's so happy. And, like, the first time... The first moment where something that he doesn't know happens. Yeah. Like, the smile and everything. Like, that... The performance was just so good. Like, so charismatic. There's one thing Emmanuel brought up that I still need answers for, yeah. But it's just... Why was there a point where he stopped seeing everything? What happens there that made him stop? Like, I know they said we've crossed the threshold or whatever, but... Maybe he just stopped rising. Remember, like, he's not a god. Like, he knows these things because he's traveled back and he's he's pruned, basically, to what he knows. It's like you go to, it's like you go to an exam and you cancel the questions you didn't read. Oh. Did you get? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, actually, that makes sense. So, at that point, at that point, it's either, it's either he stopped doing the TVA, yeah. or what, what, what were the two options he gave to them? So you just continue to prune innocent timelines. Mm-mm. You two would. There's two options. One, you kill me and destroy all this, and you don't just have one devil, you have an infinite amount. Or... You two, you two run the thing. So you couldn't see. You didn't what, know what choice we yeah. Because then it's branched out. You get so it's so like was, uh, in Doctor Strange when the ancient ancient one was like she couldn't see beyond a particular point, which was obviously when she died. Okay. And I think okay. also maybe he just hadn't like finished. Like there's only so much reading you can. Like he was literally. Yeah. Like he read all it. This yeah. So there's only so much you can do in time. So. Yeah. That's what I think because they they keep they they kept referencing that he's writing and he's playing this game. He's the one that's making everything happen. He's paving the way, and yeah. I feel like that it might not it might have been thrown away. But that scene where he realizes they've crossed oh. the threshold, and then he picks up his pen and, and he, drops he drops it. Like, it yeah. I'm done writing. This is all you guys now. Oh, is that? Oh, I thought I thought he was just testing to see what happens. See, this is why I like discussing with people because now i understand it because that's the point where he stops messing with the timeline yeah. either he dies or loki and sylvie free him of um, the timeline also we're all very i want to apologize to anyone who's listening to this podcast because i think we're all very serious we're like an hour plus into recording this and it's like i feel like we haven't been funny so i apologize because you know what this is this is important <laughs> shit we're, we're trying to talk about important stuff right here. We, 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 we call all the jokes yeah there are no jokes right now we're, we're trying to figure out this shit like how does this guy go through time? So I'm sorry if you came here for jerks. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're just four black boys trying to figure out about this black, this black time trying to do quantum <laughs> physics. 
I weaponized Elias. And I ended, I ended the multiversal war. Once I isolated our timeline, all I have to do is manage the flow of time and prevent any further branches. Hence, the TVA. Hence, the timekeepers in a highly efficient bureaucracy. Hence, ages and ages of cosmic harmony. Hence, you're welcome. It came to kill the devil, right? Well, guess what? I keep you safe. And if you think I'm evil, well, just wait till you meet my variants. Jonathan Majors, man. Jonathan Majors, like... Whoa, 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 what a guy, man. What a guy. That, you know, that's my favorite type of villain. It's, it's hard to choose, yeah, because obviously you can think of Thanos, but his performance was just beautiful. Oh, you that kind of zany energy. Yeah, the, the zany energy. You know what I actually thought when I was watching it? Okay, this is probably what Zach and Co were trying to do with Lex when they cast Eisenberg, but they overdid it. Mm. That was literally what came to oh, my mind. God. I was like, this is what they were trying to do, but they just went too far. Yeah, and I was like, rubbish. <laughs> I wish you guys could just see <laughs> Emmanuel's <laughs> Lex Luthor impersonation. <laughs> you treated real people's lives like some kind of game. It's not personal. It's it's practical. It was personal to me. Oh, grow up! Grow up, Sylvie! Murderer! Hypocrite! We're all villains here. <laughs> We've all done horrible, terrible, horrific things. But now, we, you, have a chance to do them for a good reason. I love the performance, 100%. No, no talking there. But I was kind of sad when he died. Because I was like, I wanted to see more of that, that particular performance. That period, yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if I don't know if it lasts. If if it like if we see that in three more movies, it might do you know what I'm saying? Will we get bored? Yeah, it might it might not be menacing yeah. enough. So it's mm-hmm. like it's the fan in me and like you're like what works and it's, you're trying to balance it everybody. So yeah. We also need to realize that he was fun because he hadn't seen people mm-hmm, in a while mm-hmm. and they weren't like he was ready to give up whatever they had. Imagine, I'm not sure he was always like that. I'm sure he was very, like, if it comes to protecting the sacred timeline, I'm sure he can be very evil if necessary. Mm-hmm. I just, that's one, when you mentioned the Thanos thing, I feel like there's sort of a connection there um, with that type of villain, you know, that villain that has convinced themselves that they are a good guy and they are doing a necessary evil. Thanos is cleansing the universe, halving the population to save resources as far as he's concerned. It's a necessary evil. This guy is trying to prevent all our multiversal war that can yeah. destroy literally everything in the multiverse. So it doesn't, you, your one life, your, you were taken away from mommy and daddy when you were five years old and he nearly killed Means you a nothing. few times. Yes. Grow the fuck up. That's how he is. And it's the same thing with this. This one is a bit of a wild connection. The only reason I bring this up is because there are, you know, when he, when he climbed on the table, 
just moments in his monologue gave me like not the scary parts of Joe Morton as the commander from B sixteen and Scandal, right? But when Wait, I'm sorry, sorry. What Water. is your references? Your terms are having Shonda lunches. What's going on? I, don't know. I I just feel like I just feel I, I just feel, I wonder if like the way the way Jonathan Majors was speaking in some of those scenes, particularly when they were across mm-hmm. the table, I'm just like, was he studying like the commanders like um mannerisms like the way he would like enunciate such was he studying that just it was just fun to put that connection and that's another villain as well that feels like they're doing a necessary evil that 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 they're a good guy well actually you know he probably feels he's a bad guy but he's fine with being Mm -hmm. a bad guy because it's a necessary evil but it's that kind of thing i love villains like that that kind of they've convinced themselves that it doesn't matter what like you think you're doing good but you're a murderer to you're a hypocrite we are doing necessary evils and it's fine yeah Following up from what Jerry said, I think also it was good for this. I think another level is that this was a good way to introduce the concept of Kang because mm-hmm. it is very removed from Thanos of like you know all of that. It's more like you know it's it's also good to move away from the CGI at least you know as well. It's like let's get mm-hmm. more emotion into. That. I know technology is great and you know we can see Thanos frown and stuff, but nothing beats like actual acting. Like, so getting that time with him, I think really, really helped. And like Jerry was saying there, like, he's convinced about what he's doing right. And I think, you know, everybody, a villain should be the hero of their own story. Nothing pisses me off more in a movie where, like, I was re-watching Hobbs and Shaw the other day. And the Giselba first line, first line is, I'm a bad guy. Get the hell out, man. Like, <laughs> if you're a bad guy, then why am I watching you? Like, you know you're just here to be an up. Like, why? Well, some men just like to see the world burn. Even, so. even the Joker thought he was having fun. He, he wouldn't call himself a villain. While, while we're on this here, I hated the way He Who Remains died. Disney needs to... They Disney's it now. They Disney's it. They stabbed him. No blood in the mouth. Well, there's... No I, I know what you mean, but you guys, we have to... We have to take it. We have to take it. What, what do you guys years want? Years get of thrones. What do you guys want? When a sword goes in, I need to hear. Yeah, I, I, I was actually thinking. Yeah, but what like, do you... What, you guys, like, come on. I was like... What do you want? What I, do you I want? I was actually thinking. I was like, gosh, they have just gone like the PG route or whatever and they should have blasted him and he turned to dust. But then it's like, that's even more ridiculous. I don't even know. Like, I don't know. It's just like... It's Disney. It's Disney Plus. There's nothing you can do about it. But, but they gave us Falcon and the Winter Soldier with the... Thing and the bloody yeah, shield at least. Yeah, but you know they never they showed us the blood on the shield, but they never actually showed us any yeah. graphic image. Show us the blood on the blade for God's sake. Fair Let's enough. see those clang bleed blue. Like at least. <laughs> but again, but again, it's it's the show. It's in. It's the show. It's that 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 fair, fits in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. That would not if you just put out a, a sword that's with fair, blood. You're fair. like ah, that doesn't. It just doesn't really doesn't fit in this kind of show. And then you're it goes from a G to a PG thirteen. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, it's very nobody's arguing. It's very like, but if that's if that's the one thing that we're pulling out as a criticism, then we're fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just shows the kind of human being able to carry <laughs> to violence. So I went to the code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think like I think one of my notes on that at like Jonathan Major's corner was just like just like I just put C acting, please, because bro, please C acting. I'm just like and. What was great was that it was a play. It was a play between him, Tom Hiddleston, and Sofia Di Martino. This entire thing is a, is a one-act play. 
it's just three people talking in a room, in a stage. Like, it's so, like, you have Loki, who is, you have Tom Hiddleston, who is, like, classically trained play actor. You have Sophia DiMartino. I don't know her background, but she's British. She probably did stage play. Yeah, she did stage, yeah. I have Jonathan Majors, who is, like, you, this is just people acting. And I knew, do you know how I knew when I knew he was having fun? When my guy started playing with his cape and like and and he's just randomly just touching, I was like, I was like, this guy's having fun. This guy's he's 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 locked in. He's in he's in the moment. He's like because those are the things that like yeah. you don't think about doing it. It just happens, and you're like, he's having fun in that moment. I even forgot until you mentioned it, but I love that. I think it's because classic Loki did the same thing. Like there's just things that Richard E. Grant did with his comic costume that were just funny. That are just like. Mm-hmm. You know, just throw up the cave when he's laughing and move it around. Just the natural things you do. So now, I'm actually so happy you reminded me about that. Even the shots, obviously, when Loki and Sylvia kind of talking about the decision, he's just in the background. Yep. And you can see him reacting. Like, you can see him. Like, I think when when (laughs) Sylvie tries to kill Loki, he's like, he kind of moves his head and he's like, you can just see him having fun. And I'm just like, yes, I'm here for it, please. I'm here for it. Even when they kiss, he starts smiling. He's like, oh. Yeah. I mean, look, I've only seen Jonathan Majors in Lovecraft Country and um, um, The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. He's going to be in this new Netflix show, new Netflix movie, movie The Heart yeah. of the Floor, Fall with Idris Elba and God, everybody else. So, like, you only need to see him in one thing to know he's a great actor. You don't yeah. need to see him more than once. And, like, I'm just, he has such a great face, which is why I was, I was kind of sad that he might have CGI because he has such a very, very expressive yeah. face. Like, he has creases in his face that do acting. I don't know how to explain. Like, he has folds on like his forehead that act as well. He has an old time face, man. He does. I can't, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember the actor, but like, there's, there's someone they always say, they always say, they always say, like, has a rubber face. He but, has, like, no, yeah, that's Jim Carrey. Like, I feel Jonathan Major actually has one. Yeah. Watching him in Lovecraft Country, I'm just like, you. he'll just frown and then like a fold on his forehead would do a different kind of acting. I'm like, what is going <laughs> on here? How is your face doing so much acting? So like, and another thing is that everybody's like, we have to remember like, because this story might not end in phase four, right? He might be, he might be this guy for, I don't know, five, six years? Yeah. Like, we don't know where we're going to yeah, see him. Like, like, Thanos was three phases. Thanos was three phases. We first, we first saw him in 2012, yeah, and he finished in 20, what, 19, 2020? No, 2019, that was when Endgame happened. So, like, and the fact that they've cast him so early is, unless, obviously, unless they have bigger plans. And Jonathan Majors is just 31, so... So, wait, does everyone think Kang is the next big bad? Yeah, I don't think it has to be. It doesn't have to follow the same number that they did before. They don't have to have a, a big bad, for example. Yeah. Like, maybe Kang eventually decides he wants to team up with Galactus. Just random shit, or Doctor Doom. My point is, like, we don't know what is going to happen, but I think he's going to be here for more than two movies. Essentially, I don't think I don't think they'll kill him in in Ant Man three. Essentially, <laughs> I think I think there's a lot to deal with with him. So I think he's here for the long for the long haul at least. Um, but yeah, man, Jonathan Majors. I just I just feel like we have to give him his flowers. Amen. Oh, I've been trying to find the perfect place to put that in. That was so good. That was so good. Stop. Stop. 
I've been where you are. I've felt what you feel. Don't ask me how I know. All I know is I don't want to hurt you. I don't want a throne. I just... I just want you to be okay. Loki and Sylvie, man. Yeah, I knew there was no happy ending for this for those two kids, man. I'm, I'm kind of sad, but I knew it. One thing, though, everyone sort of everyone sort of had this idea that one of them would die. Oh, I thought Loki was dying, hundred percent. Same. People, yeah, people thought it would be Loki. I didn't understand people that thought it would be Sylvie, but neither. Well, we don't know what really happened to Sylvie. Um, probably some Kang variant has already killed her. We don't know that. No, but like no. can't die off screen. As far as we know, she's alive somewhere. Mm-hmm. Loki is alive as well. Mm-hmm. They both made it. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, do you want to take over hosting? That was a, that was an incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, just no, a question. Really good. That was like incredible segue, incredible question. I, I'm I'm very. I was like, do you want to take over the job? We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um. Well, let me answer then. Let me answer first. I yeah, like I said, I thought Loki was going to die because I thought it was going to be the end of Tom Hiddleston. I knew, like, Sofia DiMartino is young. She's, she's going to be here for a while. But I also knew that there was no way there was going to be a happy ending. Like, there was no way everybody was going to be happy and walking off into the sunset. So it's obviously incredibly depressing as to where they, where they are left off. Um, I don't think Sylvie likes Loki the way Loki likes her. I think it's very unrequited love, which is kind of, again, depressing. Because obviously, you like, so... I don't know. I don't know where we stand. I don't know how, like, for example, season two will start or whenever the next time they meet each other, will be, I'm assuming it's season two, I don't think they'll go to a different movie and start talking about their love. So I th- I just, yeah, it's, we know they'll meet again and I'm excited to see that, but I'm just very sad as to how their story ended. But I like it as from a story point of view, I like it, but I'm sad about it. I am very stressed. <laughs> no because because loki always had people to learn his lessons with mm. like he's always had thor he mm. messed up in thor one he still had thor and odin and his mom he messed up in thor two he lost his mom but he still had thor mm. and he messed up in ragnarok and then he was with thor for a long time in ragnarok and loki began to change and he's just always had people around him. even when he got pruned he had Mobius. And other Lokis. Yeah, exactly. He always had someone to talk to, someone to make him grow. Now Sylvie's alone, and this is the point where she's supposed to learn the lesson Mm -hmm. that, okay, I messed up, I killed Kang, and then everything's bad now. But she's going to be alone, isolated, blaming herself for everything wrong that's going. So, you know, for everyone that loves Sylvie, you're in for a stressful next few years. She's gone Miss Minutes. I mean, I, I guess the assumption would be that Loki will go and get her right. I mean, yeah, eventually. Yeah, but how does he... Because he has a lot to learn to be able to get there. And see how long it took both of them to enchant Eliath to be able to get through. Like, do, do, do they have to do that again? Or is there going to be a different way to get to well, the, the Citadel? I, mean, I don't know, man. 
None of us here is Michael Waldron. So. She can't even leave the Citadel. Wouldn't that oh. be funny? Right? Like, what if she stop? No one, no one but Loki knows Hank's she's there. She just starts there. there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were stressed about Loki. About like, like nobody, all his friends are gone. Oh, 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 yeah, man. All his new friends, the relationship is built. That's stressful. They don't, they don't remember him. This point will never come up if I don't bring it up myself. But <laughs> I was wondering how long it's to come up. What? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Even though what I need to say. I, I know what you're going to say. Do. <laughs> what? Does he have to do with a Ravager? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> because it would never... Okay, look. Kang tells Sylvie in no uncertain terms that if you kill me, I don't care. This is more selfish than anything Peter Quill ever did. This is more selfish than what Star-Lord did. Okay, now we have sympathy for a kid who had a childhood stolen. Star-Lord got stolen from Earth. A whole different planet, yeah. Star Wars. He was even oh younger. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. <laughs> so he got taken, and then everyone for five years. I've been, I've been hearing Peter Quillsland. Yeah. Now everyone's all like, "Oh my god, poor Sylvie. She's destroyed not one world, <laughs> multiple." And ah, oh, nah, nah, nah. Free my boy. Hopefully, this is all. Star-Lord needed to beat the selfish allegations. He went through childhood yeah, trauma. Two wrongs don't make it right. Like, even if what you're saying... Yeah, I just want Sylvie to get the same energy. That's I just want Sylvie to get Sylvie, the same energy. Sylvie grew up in apocalypses as well. So, all this... Who just... grew up stealing? Stealing for a man who didn't love him. Wow, stealing or tsunami, Abby? Wow, so you're saying you're saying you're, you're saying Yonder didn't love him? He, he didn't know. Peter Quill, yeah, he was face-to-face -face with the man who killed the only woman he's loved, yeah, since yeah. his mother. The only person he's even loved since birth, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he he was he didn't even say, okay, stop the plan. Let me one-on-one -on -one this nigga. Let me solo this guy. He says, okay, you guys keep doing your plan. I just want to get a few cheap hits in. <laughs> well, she was face-to-face -face with the person that took her life away okay. centuries ago. Okay, and the person told you that, your life, unfortunately, would have led Why to the destruction. Why should she believe him? Why should she believe him? Because this this guy clearly knows more than you. Okay, but doesn't that mean he's not lying? See, that's the thing. I'm I, I'm all for revenge. Like I'm happy that she did her thing because I understand. You just want to get the same smoke. Yes, I just want. No, if you don't want to give us smoke, that's fine. I don't want these characters to get smoke. I just want Peter to be acquitted of ruining, ruining whose brilliant plan again. Oh, that's right, Peter's brilliant plan. He came up with the plan. <laughs> so essentially, you're like, if the if the Thanos glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if the, the glove didn't fit, so we must acquit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh my god. Well, to be fair, I feel like we had all forgiven. Well, maybe not all, but like most of us have forgiven Peter like uh, a while ago. Uh, people haven't. Like, we, we got why he did. I mean, I, I never really held him accountable like that, but people people haven't. Because Emmanuel. Emmanuel is still shaking his head. Emmanuel is still angry. There's literally other women in life. Like, literally. Are there other green women? To be fair, she was potentially one of the last. If if if, if, if he's into body paint, there's Blue Zoe Saldana and Avatar. If he's into that one, there's whatever. Please. <laughs> please, please, please. I mean, Ibuka, you did say one thing, that she, that she destroyed worlds. In reality, what she did was create worlds. Okay. She Ooh. created other... <laughs> but she created them to be Ooh. destroyed. This is only very Ooh. Old testament -y. 
Wait, let's put it this way. If she didn't do this... Let's, let's hold up. Let's put it... If, if Sylvie didn't do this, we'll never have got Miles Morales. Is Miles, is Miles Morales even confirmed? And where the mad people for bringing all these things... <laughs> what can't I just jump out? Okay, <laughs> like, what's the MCU connection here? <laughs> I don't think the Spider-Man Miles Morales will be on this Earth. I think we'll be from a different Earth. Who are we casting as Miles Morales? Quick fan cast. Depends on what age they're going for. Tyreek. Are you mad? Peter. I just, I just think of that ghost video, man. <laughs> Sleepy times over. Oh my god. I was saying that he's see a Spider-Man set in the power universe in New York where ghost is Tony Stark. <laughs> Who's <laughs> Wake up. Wake up let's go. <laughs> What's Kanan? Is he happy? Nah, Kanan won't be happy. Kanan... Kanan will be Obadiah Oh, he'll be this guy. He'll be um, Obadiah Stain. He'll be Stain, yeah, yeah. Obadiah yeah, Stain. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm actually What I want to know is who is Tubit and that his friend, that Tubit and that guy that was always, like, the the skinny one. That's, that's Groot and Rocket, man. <laughs> fair, 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 yeah. The Groot and Rocket. Please, I beg, come here. Let's focus on, on the task I had. Yeah, man. Let's move back. The Doctor Strange tweets were going off on Wednesday, man, because Bro. that guy is stressed. Oh, my God. What kills me is that it couldn't have happened to a better person. I can't imagine his reaction like, oh, my, you guys did not. <laughs> like, that guy like, actually slapped somebody. Yes. It will actually slap somebody. <laughs> like, I can see Benedict Cumberbatch slapping somebody. It's like, Wong, we have things to do. Wong is like, I have to go and fight Abomination. I'll be back. Wow. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh god! Oh man. my god! The poor guy. But yeah, everyone is focusing on Doctor Strange being stressed. I feel like Wong would be even like nah. maybe not even more stressed. Wong would be, be like very peace. stressed because <laughs> yes. he seems yeah nah. But the guy seems to be happy, right? But like Wong would be like, damn, that sounds crazy. But you're the you're the you're the what's it called again? The Supreme. <laughs> so yeah, Andrew, that they didn't give it to me. But that Doctor Strange, his phone must be going up. Like, first of all, Wanda just did some shit in New Jersey. <laughs> and now Loki has done, just done this shit. Loki, you have stuff to do. I don't know. Somebody, somebody tweeted it. But, like, apparently the ending of WandaVision on Disney Plus has been kind of re-edited. So, like, before you see um, Wanda's, you know, thing with the book mm-hmm. um, in the background, there's a kind of, like, blue energy kind of thing in a particular point. So I was like, huh? But then, first of all, I followed it up with a theory, which was like, oh, okay, it was like that blue energy because the timelines that Avengers was kind of blue. It was like, did that happen at the same time? Like, Wanda, was it the moment where Immortals or whoever was killed and things started branching? Was that when she started hearing her kids? That makes sense. Calling from a universe. Yeah. I'm not as to how much that makes sense. Oh, I saw a thread about the same thing. I don't know if it's the same one. Oh, I'm going to go back and, and watch it then. I have one one more question on the Kang thing. This is the theory I wanted to go into. It's like two things. Okay, for, before before I even try and suggest anything, do you think that the Kang variant we saw is definitely dead? Yeah, yeah definitely. And I mean, I don't mean like dead at this point. In, uh, okay, like as in like we will never see this variant again is the point I'm making. Mm, we might see him at some point in his journey. Yeah, because he's time traveled through time, no? Yeah. Yeah, because that's because I'm I'm wondering what he meant 
well, that's the thing. When he kept saying, because he was like, uh, I, I, when I was watching it again, I was trying to pay attention to the words he used. He didn't say some version of me will take over. It's almost like, now he could be wrong. He said, um, you would just simply start another multiversal war mm-hmm. and I will do, I, essentially, I will take over again. Yeah. And when, when he's going, he said, he's like reincarnation, baby. That's what like stood out to me because I'm thinking, okay, a version of him no. would do it again. So a, a version but, of him is still him. That's the thing. Like, yeah, but is it possible that he actually means he himself, as in from this particular timeline, because we know that he exists in the timeline in the 31st century, he at some point will end up doing the same things that he did anyway, and still get back to that same point. And the reason I'm asking for that. The reason I'm asking is because of what Ravona did in that episode. So, like, what we do know is there is some information that Miss Minutes passes to Ravona directly from him. But Ravona doesn't know it's from him. Now, Ravona is going in search of free will. And just five minutes before that, she said the only person who has free will is the one in charge. So, if she's going in search of free will, she's going in search of the one in charge. Maybe the reason he's so confident about, like, he will be the one that will still come back and still be in charge and not just any other variant is because he's already set that in motion. Like Ravona is already going to pass on some information to his past self and he will still bring himself back essentially. So it's like, there's no point you can kill me, but I will be back. Oh yeah. I, I think Jerry's convinced me. I agree with Jerry because now there's multiple timelines. There's no one pruning variants. So if Ravona jumps to some point in time and pulls out the Kang variant from that time, that's another timeline with that Kang variant still being alive. It's also, I mean, th- that theory could work because I can't remember one thing, but it's it's a kind of classic storyline of, okay, let's pick a younger version or one of the versions of him and get them to be on our side and he can be himself kind of thing. That That is one way they could always go through of like, okay, let's get this Kang that's kind of good and he beat the um, Conqueror Kang um, later on. And that, that's how we do it, you know, have him on our side kind of thing. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think it might be a bit reading into a bit much because why he says it's him is that from his story, you have to remember that, like, it's literally all the Kangs that kind of, like, invent time travel and then cross, you know, universes and actually start meeting each other. So, like, another Kang in his own universe could be the, you know, mine is the one that, you know, is the hero of his own story. And to him, it's him that created it and he met the other ones. You get so it's still always just going to come back down to him. I think that's what he means by reincarnation. That like he will always come back. Yeah, I guess I'm just wor- maybe I'm using my own like mm. looking at the way I would see death as it like because even if it's like another version of him that comes back, wouldn't there be a part of him if it's going to be another version that's like okay, well I'm dying now. Even if a clone of me is coming or a, a variant of me or a completely different universe version of me is coming. It is not me. It's not my consciousness. So I'm dead. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't be so confident with that. That's why I'm like, but, why is but, he but so let's certain? Also, like, let's also calm down. Like, this is a guy who's been stabbed at this time. Like, true. he can't call me and start drawing my pub. Well, it's not really me who's going to be back here, but it's going to be the me that missed the bus to go to. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair Man had get his words out and die. Jerry, you're on the right podcast if you wanted to talk about therapy and existential questions, but... You should have brought it up earlier in the podcast, and then we could have therapy for dinner. We could have therapized with you. Oh yeah, one thing 
that question you guys had on free will and determinism in the last two episodes, I have one thing to say to that. Go for it. I feel like this episode, like everything that we've seen, the TVA, right, as far as the MCU is concerned, what we saw was that free will is like, obviously there is free will over determinism. However, the reason why determinism seems so strong is because there were people or there were powers that be acting very specifically to make sure that people who deviated from the path they had ordained yeah. would be pruned. However, the natural order of things is that each individual person does have free will to make their own choices. Only if you make the choice, I don't want you to make you that. Maybe guys going to tell you now that God is kank. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I ended this podcast. He's not going to return because I'm, I'm ending the episode. Um... <laughs> Why are you in a hurry to grow? Where are you going to? Are you are you mad? Are you <laughs> should I send are you, are you gonna edit this episode? <laughs> should I send it to you? Maybe I'll leave it for you to edit okay. it. So you, you ask me where I'm where I'm going to. Oh my god. I feel so bad for Bankkeeper. Um thank you guys. Do you guys think you're your most evil variant? Guy cup. Oh. <laughs> He's kicking me out. <laughs> I'm actually finished. Um so Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you guys for coming to this episode. I want to shout out our returning guest, Emmanuel Paisagigi. I want to shout out Jerry for coming on. Um, I want to shout out our producers, the Ijiya Tebukanamani, who doesn't want us to finish this episode. And obviously, Chindu Heji. I want to shout out uh, my co-host, Obiwa Jojifiacho, who thinks he's too cool for Marvel. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. I think it's going to be quite a long episode. But you know what? Loki was an incredible show, and it deserves a long farewell episode. Um, we have some cool episodes coming up in the next few weeks. We're going to do something for Suicide Squad, which I think should be quite fun. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. Um, Ibuka and I are going to talk about love and the incredible Amazon Prime show Soulmates in a few weeks. So please come back for that. Um, yeah, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys listen to our future episode. And as always, if you like this episode, please share with your friends. Please share the social media. Um, like, subscribe, and rate and review if your podcast app allows it. And join us next week when I'll be joined by the incredible Daniel Kaluuya. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast. You're appreciated. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Watch out for your variants. Bye, guys. I'll be back one day. Reincarnation, baby.